Lisa Leslie, a person who needs no introduction, but I'll do for one anyway, is with us <laughs> in Lockdown Women's Basketball, which starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball, your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Megdahl, thanking you for making us your first listen every day, where we cover women's basketball six days a week, Monday through Friday, all things past, present, and future, Saturday, the WNBA Draft Show, a lot, a lot to talk about this time of year as well. And of course, it's not just me, it's the entire group over at The Next, thenexthoops.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces Every month on the women's game, we're going to have three different reporters in Greenville, three different reporters in Seattle covering those super regionals for you. And eight of us, myself included, at the final four in Dallas. And what we will be talking about is what Lisa Leslie, I'm sure, will be talking about. I'm not going to insult your intelligence, dear listeners, by telling you that she is anything other than a legend of the game. Uh, I'm a nerd. Stat-wise, so I like to go back and look at where you rank, Lisa, among the all-time greats. And, you know, every leaderboard, you are right there uh, across the board. So I am just delighted to chat with you uh, about the game and where we are now heading into the Sweet 16. Well, thank you, Howard. I'm so happy to be here on behalf of DraftKings and just really excited about March, everything that's happening when you talk about the men's and women's tournament, just in, you know, in general, this time of year is one of the most exciting times, one of the most watched, you know, even around the world of men and women's basketball. So, hey, let's get into it. I think it's really significant. I, and I do want to mention that up top, that you're working with DraftKings. You know, FanDuel is one of our sponsors as well. And you're seeing this sort of across the landscape. There's this understanding that something Gino Oriema said at a final four that I was at, actually the last time we were in Dallas, saying that we're not going to have equality between men's and women's basketball until we have those opportunities be equal on the financial side, even on the sports betting side. And I just I just wonder how much bigger picture you feel like that matters for the way in which we think about the women's tournament and the way in which it needs to be equal to what the men's tournament is. Well, I think you bring up a good point, Howard, and it really goes back to, listen, the opportunities are coming when we have brands like a DraftKings. And, you know, you may have seen me before with them in the, in the Super Bowl commercial. And so it's, it's so exciting to continue this relationship for me personally. But it's about what they're doing as a sports betting industry. I'm happy to join it because they are changing the game, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want you to have fun and bet and be responsible, but it's also about the awareness that they're bringing in. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but for March Madness, this is the first time DraftKings has the first women's bracket where they were donating $1 for everybody who signed up to participate in the women's bracket. They actually, it was like 49,000 plus people who signed up, which is amazing in our first year for them having that. But $25,000 will be donated to the Women's Sports Foundation, which I am also a huge fan of that Billie Jean King began. So we're talking about 
being a game changer, literally, because the more eyeballs that gets on this women's game, the better we will be. And I think the parity of what's happening in the tournament as we're starting to see makes it even more exciting, so much more more fun for all the fans, men and women, to get involved and have some fun. I mean, the parity is significant. And again, for our listeners, the first time since 1998, we've seen multiple one seeds not made it to the Sweet 16. Uh, yeah. Lisa and I were uh, bereft talking offline before we got on here about our final four picks that were, uh, you know, taken out before the regionals even came around. <laughs> I know you had Stanford, I had Indiana in the final four. I, just generally speaking, though, it just felt like the entire weekend had that. I even watched, you know, Villanova. I was in uh, the Finneran Pavilion this weekend to see mm -hmm. Washington State get knocked off by FGCU, the 12 seed. It does <laughs> seem as if we're just seeing a wider funnel of talent going to more places. Do you think it's a consequence of players wanting to go build their own programs? Or do you think it's more a question of just because there have been more opportunities to play, we're just seeing more and more talent up and down the sport? Honestly, I just believe that the talent level is rising so high. And here's a, a few of the reasons. Having access, right? Social media is changing the game literally as well because these young kids are having access to anything. You know, you can go back and watch, you know, Willis Reed walk back into, you know, the garden. Like you can literally go and watch and study this game at a level that we didn't have access to. We were lucky if you caught a women's game on television when I was growing up. You, you're lucky to even, I missed the Olympics and the 84 Olympics happened in Los Angeles and I was 12 and never saw one day of the Olympics. So I think it's all about, you know, the access that these young people have. We're seeing the results of that now. Remember when I came out, the WNBA did not exist. Our opportunities to play professional basketball was only overseas. And there were some smaller leagues that had began and failed, but nothing of the magnitude of the WNBA. And so when you look at sports across the board, the access that these young players have had to the game has changed their ability to play this game. And the game itself has changed, right? We're seeing this whole five out, um, a lots of ball movement and pick and rolls and a little bit more one-on-one -on -one where these players' one-on-one -on -one skills have increased exponentially as well. So I'm feeling like we're starting to get these, some teams we know, the Yukons and South Carolinas of the world, you know, they are powerhouses because of one, what Dawn Staley has done there and to build her program and what Gino Oriema has created there to build his program. But there's a lot of kids out there who are also going, you know what? I want to stay here. Just for example, Juju Watkins, right? She's staying home. And here you have Juju, who's the top player, high school player in the country, just walked away with the Naismith, uh, uh, you know, player yeah. of the year. But she decided to stay home like I did at USC and she wants to try to do something new. So I, I love it. I sign up for it. Um, and uh, I think that's the beauty of it. Right? Like we don't want to just see the same teams unless they kick butt and get there. Then, hey, they earned it. But I love the fact that there have been some upsets. I, it, it is a lot of fun. And I, again, you know, you were coming out of school would have been the Aaliyah Boston of your time, but right. There was no mock draft. There was no draft. It was before the lead comes along. And so it's really interesting to me that you faced obviously such a fundamentally different landscape. 
I am fascinated by what your alma mater is building. Lindsay Gottlieb is as smart as they come. And I'm so excited to see what she and Juju Watkins do with the fact. I, I think, and, and maybe you disagree. I, I think you guys overachieved this year, even to get to the tournament in Lindsay's first year. You feel that way too? Well, I, I don't know about overachieving. I think when you set a certain chemistry and a certain um, culture, Mm -hmm. USC is just like uh, being in LA in general. It's a place where if you're not winning, you're failing, period. Yeah. Like we don't have a happy medium. And I feel like when you come in with that sort of winning attitude and you're changing the culture, then you're surrounding yourself around what SC is used to. And I believe they can get back to that point. And obviously Juju, both Juju, <laughs> Juju will um, definitely help the women's program turn around. And for me, listen, I think we went to, two or three uh, elite eights, yep. it's tough when you're trying to go to a program that, you know, when I went was in pretty much last place and the Pac-10 back then um, to try to get us back to, we actually won a Pac-10 championship, mm -hmm. but to the elite eight, you know, falling short of getting to that final four, is heartbreaking, but that is part of the sacrifice when you go to a program that is not a storied program who's trying to really rebuild and you become a part of that process. So again, I encourage it. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't change it, but it definitely was very difficult. Uh, I just remember at times we only had like eight players <laughs> available to play. So um, again, it's the experience and that's that's what it is. And I'm happy that she's doing what's best for her. I, I, I am too. And, and again, like you said, it was a very different time. Back then you had to beat Stanford and Tara Vanderveer. And now yes. in the Pac-12, you have to... Oh, it's still Tara Vanderveer. Well, Tara, it's still Tara, but you know, Utah did an amazing oh, job this year. It's great to see them, right? <laughs> They're going to be to play LSU um, on Saturday, and that's going to be a huge game because that's oh. they, huge. No, they, they are so good. We were talking to Dan Hughes about this yesterday, and we had Lynn Roberts on the show a couple weeks ago. But the way in which they play the game, you know, like you said, they, they play in a five-out way, the way the W that does uh now although i do and and again I, I i really think it's important that people understand this you were five out style before there was a five out style you know i'm just going to throw the numbers out there people <laughs> know lisa leslie shot 42.3 percent from three for the 1999 la spark so yeah this is new in terms of a lot of people doing it but you were doing it first. Do you ever wish like, oh, God, I wish I had been in the league at a time where they were able to maximize everything I did as a five? No, because you know what's so funny when like even having the Lisa Leslie Award where I get a chance to watch these amazing centers and, you know, we just did our final votes. Uh, you know, we know Aaliyah Boston's won it three years in a row. But the beautiful part about me looking now is that there's never been one player that's done all the things that I do, but there's players that do some of the things that I do, right? So whether it's been the inside or been dominating from the inside, but Aaliyah Boston doesn't shoot threes, but she's still an amazing player. And I respect that, like her hard work, her ability to rebound, her ability to offensive rebound. Like she is literally everywhere the ball is where I'm like, I don't know. I look at her and I'm like, did I rebound like that? Like she has an amazing nose for the ball and such a touch and put back, right? And so I, I think that it's very interesting that you see different styles, but a five that sh shoots the three the way that I did or drive the way that I did or can bring the ball up, we've seen that evolve of that, right? Candace Parker, even playing at the four and three and four, able to do some of those things because at her height, still able to get inside. Not that the back to her basket was her 
bread and butter, so to speak, but she could definitely get buckets left in hand and right hand. So I just love, you know, I love the game. I've always been a student of the game and I've always loved to add pieces to my game. And, you know, like I always tell my teammates, I play the center just because that's what the team needs, not because that's the only thing that I can do. And so that's the beauty of the game, right? Like just continuing to improve and get better. Mm -hmm. And I feel so proud watching the college game because I'm like, those are like my little babies out there. You know, I watch them and they're, the game is just getting so good. When you look at LSU Reese, for example, I mean, she, she's phenomenal. And she's the big girl. She has charisma. She has charm. You know, she has her lashes on, her hair is done. You know, like, it's like, oh, I'm such a proud mom watching. But she's out there, you know, wrecking havoc on the defense, 25, 13. Like, those are excellent numbers. And sometimes people look and are not really appreciating the level of basketball that you are watching. It's been amazing to me. It is, it is next level. And so I I do want to get into a few of those matchups uh, here in segment two. Do need to let the good folks at home know about Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, which is our new partner and the sponsor of today's special, uh, today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. You can become an NBA GM, manage your basketball franchise, hire the right coaches and assistants, trade and train players, make draft picks, even navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. So if you go and use the promo code locked on, you get a hundred percent free boost to your franchise. Once you download, you can just get the app over in the app store. You use the promo code locked on to get that 100% free boost. ProBasketballGM.com, Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. So you talked a little bit about the matchups. And, uh, you know, yeah, to me, Utah versus LSU is like the best example of this, right? Where Utah plays this game as fast as anybody in the country. You know, Alyssa Peely just remarkable in what she's able to do but it's hard to conceive of the way in which Utah would slow down Angel Reese if you were Lynn Roberts what would you go about doing to try and find a way to do it well I think it's going to be an interesting adjustment because sometimes you know it we as we know it's a chess match right like what adjustments do you want do you want to leave that big out there and try to pull her out and stretch her to bring her out of the paint so that you can possibly go around her but she's a very good perimeter defender you know even at her size like I was like I had no problem you know coming out to the three-point line so I don't know if you want to move you want to do a little bit of um sometimes you do some some bump screens where you have her coming off, maybe even like run something like a flex where you're moving her a little bit more, or you just simply play your game, keep it out wide and move the ball around, use pump fakes and try to get her out and get her in foul trouble. And then offensively, you still got to pick your poison on the defense. Do you change your defenses up? Do you try and double every time and make her push it out? I think uh, for LSU, it's going to be tough to, to stop their inside game. So maybe you want to force and see if they can make enough three-pointers to beat you because their threes versus, you know, Utah's threes versus LSU threes, th that might be where you have to win the ball game. And so it's going to be uh, – and then rebound by committee, of course. We know LSU does a really nice job on the boards. And again, he's phenomenal offensive rebounder as well. So it's going to be important for them to really try and keep them to one and done. Again, easier said than done. Uh, we know Kim Mulkey will have a game plan that would be really tough for Utah to match up against as well. 
it's going to be fascinating. And yes, it's easier said than done with the rebounding mm -hmm. that Angel Reese provides, especially. I, I That game to me is one of the premier games possibly of this entire tournament. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And you have Flage, who, you know, she's, even though she's a freshman, she doesn't play like a freshman. Um, you know, and she she's another person who I really feel is the X factor because when her shot's on and when she's really attacking the basket, she's a dangerous player because you can't really afford to double team her also because she's out on the wing. And then for LSU, getting out in transition, transition buckets are really going to be key. The only thing I say that's been probably the most disappointing about watching a tournament is that there are a lot of layups missed. I'm like, mm -hmm. girls, ladies, please get your eyes up and use a pump fake if you need to gather before you shoot. But there have been so many layups missing. That's the one area I like to see just cleaned up. Like the girls have to do a much better job of finishing on the inside and staying, you know, focused on the target through contact. It's really interesting. And again, it's so often the difference between a win and a loss. And we've seen that on a couple of occasions. You saw, you know, just this weekend, Washington State, when they fell after their amazing Pac-12 tournament run, they missed a handful of layups there in the first round. And you could even see FGCU gaining confidence with it. So I, I agree. There's also, and, and this comes down to a question that I just have kind of big picture of, mm -hmm. can anybody beat South Carolina? And I think in order for it to happen, it's going to have to be, you're going to have to make those baskets. So at the risk of talking about your alma mater's arch rival in UCLA, I am curious whether you think the, and now I, legally, are you allowed to say nice things about UCLA if you went to UCLA? <laughs> I am. Once we get out of the Pac-12, I, I, you know, I, I half of my bracket got messed up because like Pac-12, let's go. I'm like, there is no, I mean, everybody. The men's, uh, I'm like, so sometimes the loyalty to the Pac-12 uh, gets me, comes back to bite me. But, um, yeah, I am. I'm, I mean, UCLA, um, they played an outstanding game. You know, it was tough against uh, Oklahoma. Was Oklahoma, correct? Against Oklahoma. We've watched so many games. Uh, but against Oklahoma, and that kind of came down to the wire. But um, them having that home game was so helpful, having the crowd on their side and mm -hmm. so fired up. But it's going to be interesting to see as all these teams move to neutral courts now, mm -hmm. that, you know, that basket sometimes rims a little bit tighter, shots are off. And this is where, you know, the true, I think the, the, the fight, the heart comes in because you got to crash that board. So it's not the first shot. It's that second and third shot, those offensive rebounds, those 50-50 balls that have to be picked up. Um, and so this is where I believe the even playing field will really, we'll either see some teams rise to the occasion or we'll see teams fall that played so amazing at home, but not so well out on the road. It will be fascinating. It'll be good practice for yeah. UCLA because UCLA and of course your alma mater will be heading to the big 10. Somehow USC is going to have Piscataway, New Jersey on their schedule. That's going to be, that's going to take some real getting used to. That's for sure. But wait, are you talking about South Carolina? No, no, I'm saying UCLA and USC eventually are going to be moving to the Big Ten. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Got it, got it. I'm catching up to you. I'm like, wait, what are we talking about? I thought you were talking about in a tournament. Right. No, yes, I, the Big Ten next year. That's going to be – so, listen, that's going to be amazing, right? We talked yeah. about it a little bit already. But having Juju there and then her first time in the Big Ten will be, you know, that she has nothing to compare it to. Right. So that's going to be awesome. She's going to get used to the physicality, right, because the game versus East Coast and West Coast is – 
we know is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, but also the travel when you're East Coast time and having to play ball there, then coming back and playing on the West Coast. Those are things and challenges that because they will be new for her, it won't mm -hmm. be quite an adjustment as it will be for the upperclassmen who have something to compare to. And hopefully they won't complain. <laughs> for sure. And, and getting it, getting you ready for the WNBA travel as well, which would be. Absolutely. You know, the other thing, Howard, which is really good about it to me. I, okay. So I'm an LA girl, right? But now I live on the East coast in Florida. Mm -hmm. I see why half the coast never sees the West coast basketball, why we get slighted in so many areas. It's because everybody's freaking sleep. Mm -hmm. So now uh, it's going to be great for USC also to have some opportunities to play here on the East coast and visually have maybe some of those TV games or have some of the East coast voters and media have a chance to see that level of talent as well. It, it is. I have sacrificed so much sleep for the Pac-12. <laughs> well, I sacrificed all the time for the Lakers. Trust me. <laughs> yes, you know, you know it all too well. So it's it's very true, and I I totally agree with you. I want to talk about uh, the wreckage that was once our Final Four, and how we uh, rescue our Final Fours uh, in segment three. I do very quickly, of course, want to talk about. Uh, FanDuel, which is uh, one of our sponsors, and they offer a no-sweat first bet here during the NCAA tournament of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's talk our brackets. Woof. So I had Indiana going to the Final Four. Miami comes through with an amazing, amazing upset. Do you think that Villanova and Maddie Segrist now are just too much or do you think we are uh, in a scenario where it's going to be Utah or LSU? You know, honestly, Villanova and Miami are two teams that I, I didn't pick. I didn't see them getting this. So I don't know much about, uh, much about uh, previously to watching them. I thought I thought Miami Miami looked really good. Uh, I thought their defense was excellent. The heart and fight of, of both their twins uh, was really amazing. So I don't. I'm not the expert on that those two teams, because I haven't seen yeah. them play much. They're both surprised. But when you look at LSU and Utah, that side of the bracket, uh, I got a little bit more, you know, nervous about because I feel like both those teams, that's the really the game there. Who, who's going to get to the final four between those two? Um, I'm, I'm a little, I don't know. My, my bracket, I, I actually picked Utah. So, um, oh, so here we are. So we've got it, the Utes. And Lynn I Roberts, Utah, but uh, but I'm I'm really rethinking that choice <laughs> because LSU looks so good. You know they they really look so good, and I thought because we were talking about strength of schedule before, right? So I'm like, well, they lost to South Carolina pretty bad. You know the top teams, but they they uh, I might have made a mistake on that. So not really sure. When I look at um, who else we have? Oh, Virginia Tech. We haven't talked about Virginia Tech, but Virginia Tech. Uh, did they lose? No, Virginia Tech still with them. And, and Virginia Tech still in it, right? Who are they okay. playing next? Tennessee. They are the Virginia Tech, Tennessee. I, I got to tell you, by the way, it's, it has given me life 
that you're so confused about it. Because like if Lisa Leslie doesn't know, then I feel better about how confused I am about it. No, no, no. It's just that here, here's the reason why. I have yeah. men in women's brackets and we're watching so much basketball that oh you, you really can't keep up with all of it. And then all the upsets, so it messes up your bracket because I have who I thought was going to win. I actually have Virginia Tech and Tennessee. So that's going to be a, a good game. Tennessee's been playing great also. Um, I've really been surprised by them. And, and we know that they lost to South Carolina, but um, they played really well. And for them to knock out LSU, I was a little bit like, oh, okay. They, they found a way to get it done, you know, in the SEC tournament. So, really telling. Yeah. So that was, that was good. But Virginia Tech and Tennessee – I actually picked Virginia Tech. Yeah, well, and and the Hoties are looking good. George A. Moore, just remarkable. Well, at least I could do this all day, but I, I know, I know. I, I'm so okay. Glad but you asked me about my Final Four. Let me just tell you, yeah, South sure. Carolina is still my number one. I don't know who can take them down. Um, now that Stanford is out, that was my Final Four. If Iowa comes in there and South Carolina and Iowa match up, I'm a little nervous about that matchup. Um, I'm a little nervous about that matchup because they play a nice four out one in, and I'm a little nervous about that matchup. That's all I'll say. Um, I picked UConn to get back to the final four mm -hmm. just because Gino's Gino and he does an amazing job with his players. You have AZ Fuzz is back out there, so you just don't know. And I picked Utah, so we'll see if LSU can make me wrong if they do. Congratulations, ladies. <laughs> really, yeah. I, I probably got that wrong. Cannot wait to see it. Going to be a fascinating time. <sighs> Lisa Leslie, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us. All the best to you, to our listeners. Make sure you're back with us tomorrow. We're going to get you all prepared for these games. Until then, I am Howard Megdahl wishing you a wonderful day. Welcome Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 